Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Ah, Matthew, it's that time of the week again when we all look forward to who is it, and a lot of people like to guess. Well, let's just see how good you are. 154 games for the Hawks between 82 and 90. After 60, um, 61 with Subiaco across the Nullarbor. Hawthorne, team of the century member. Four-time Hawthorne Premiership player. Gee, there's a few of those around now. And he coached 25 games for Sydney between 92 and 93. And he's in the Western Australian Football Hall of Fame. If you're saying, Bacchanara, you are absolutely right. And Gary Bacchanara, this is your football life. Oh, thanks, Rex. Yeah, nice introduction. Uh, well, you should be so proud. Are you at all surprised when you came through the junior ranks that you are in some pretty serious company, some all-time greats? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, we all have our hopes and dreams as kids and, you know, back back then we were always down the park kicking the footy or in the nets hitting the cricket ball, um, you know, thinking that we were Greg Chappell or, we yeah. were, you know, uh, our favourite footballer at the time and, uh, yeah, look, I, I guess like all kids you had a dream and but you never really sort of thought about whether it could possibly come true and uh, yeah look I've uh, been uh, blessed to have a to have had a wonderful career yeah uh, you know Stan Elves had to leave a 271 game career at Melbourne to play his first final he played in four finals that year and two of them were grand finals in 77 and the great Trevor Barker played 270 games odd for St Kilda never played in a final but you went to Hawthorne and there, but for the grace of the great one, you could have gone to somebody else. But what a time to arrive at Glen Ferry Oval. Yeah, it was a, um, you know, a, a great uh, thrill to, to walk through the doors at, uh, at uh, Glen Ferry in 1982. And, yeah, I didn't realise that we'd have <laughs> just that, the amazing success we did because, you know, when I played for Subiaco those three years, we won three wooden spoons. So, yeah. <laughs> so we weren't a very successful side in the waffle competition, which was a strong competition in yeah. itself. But, um, yeah, I, I was uh, really blessed to be in part of such great team. Well, back then in the VFL, you know, before the AFL, and they had the Sandfall and the Waffle, the three domestic competitions in the footy states of Victoria, South Australia and West Australia, it was serious tough footy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. No, they were all very good competitions, and uh, obviously the VFL was the, um, you know, the pinnacle, and, um, you know, I, I was back in the era of before the draft where they had the Form 4s, and... Uh, the Melbourne clubs had their zones, which you know, you, for most clubs were were, were pretty fruitful. And yeah. uh, for Hawthorne, I think they were very fruitful. And um, each club had a couple of form fours. They could sign those players from South Australia, Western Australia, the Tasmanian Footy League, uh, or wherever they wanted to use their form fours on. Yeah, uh, Dipper told told a great story a couple of years ago on this is your football life, uh, folks. And we're talking to Gary Bacanara. Hawthorne legend and AFL legend. Let's not muck about. There's a fantastic achievement by Gary. He takes Jeansy off by, by saying, hey, laddie, there's only three parts of the game. They've got the ball, we've got the ball, and no one's got the ball. It's in dispute. But he said that Jeansy unashamedly described you, Gary Bacanara, as Hawthorne's best big game player. 
Uh, no pressure on you at all, Bucky. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. Look, uh, it was uh, lovely uh, to get that uh, compliment, but uh, by gee, there was some great big game players at Hawthorne through that era, and they oh. had to be to have the success we did. So um, yeah, to be singled out by Genji and and to say that that's uh, one of the uh, fondest uh, memories and one of the nicest things that uh, has really been said yeah. about me. Just to name a few of those stars you were talking about, you know, Lee Matthews and Michael Tuck, Gary Ayres, Dipper, Terry Wallace, Rodney Eat, you know, Chris Muse in a half back. Uh, you know, it was just absolutely oozing with talent. And in your second year, you ran around the MCG with a premiership medallion. Is this pinch yourself stuff? Oh, look, it was, um, you know... <laughs> Unfortunately, that first premiership for me in 83 didn't really uh, work out for me because I did my knee in the first three minutes. So, uh, you know, uh, that was, you know, that was something, you know, hard to accept at the time. Um, You know, for me, it was personally a real big disappointment, but uh, I was a part of it, obviously. I ran out on the ground and I was a part of the team and I ended up with a medallion uh, because we, uh, we sort of won quite easily in 83 against Essendon. And so, yeah, I, I, um, you wondered whether you were going to get a chance, and luckily enough, I did down the track. My, you know, got that chance in '86. Oh, after, wonderful. Uh, you know, you, kicked, yeah, you actually kicked four-four in '86, so you had a much bigger contribution. But I'll just pick you up on one thing: is that uh, it was because of play as good as yours that Hawthorne had a chance of going into the Premiership. So just don't sort of pull it back too much, all right? You deserve that medallion for sure. But it's disappointing. But, hey, you know, shizen happens in the game and uh, you get on with it. But, but goodness me, uh, All-Australian is a personal accolade and 83 was a standout year, but you got it another two times in 85 and 86. So Premierships and All-Australians, how many do you want? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so, Rex. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, look, they're great to look back on those times, and yeah, those all Australians back then were when you were playing in the state footy, and we yeah. gee, we had some great state of origin games back then too. Yeah, we always a good overhead mark. I know you know that you love cricket like a lot of us, and you came from an era, probably the end of an era, where you played footy in the winter and and cricket in the summer. We always a very very good mark of the footy. Uh, yeah, I was, Rex, uh, and I guess that was from just practice. You know, we used to play the old riding game. I don't know if you you did that as kids, but we used to, you know, practice jumping on guys' backs and, you know, kicking a ball, <laughs> and you'd have the bunny, you'd have to bend down in front of you, and you used to jump on their backs and take speckies, and who could take the biggest specky? And I guess I learnt to time the jumps and time the leaps, etc., and take those speckies. So uh, that's where I learnt to do all that. I reckon you were a red-hot shot for goal. This is a two-part question. Mm. You used to actually kick goals off one step and they'd go 40 metres. And what do you think about the poor, pee-weak excuses they give for missing goals today? Because you actually, if you got a chance of kicking a goal, you made them count, uh, Gary Bacanara. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting uh, thing that just really hasn't improved and probably got worse, the set shots on goal, because, you know, when you go back to our era, the the grounds were boggy, and sometimes you were, you as you were approaching a set shot on goal, your boots were going that far in, you couldn't see them into the mud, 
and yet blokes were able to kick them still pretty straight. And, um, you know, you look at the set shots uh, back in all those eras, guys like McKenna and Hudson, they were just so brilliant with their um, with their kicking. And, and I guess it was because we had a footy in our hands all the time and we always went down the park, we learnt, to, you know, our own kicking action was our kicking action. We practiced kicking goals against each other and having competitions. And, you know, I think we uh, learnt that as kids. And I think today the, the modern um, player comes up and they just don't practice set shots enough and, yeah. they, and they haven't done it as kids as many times as we have. So it's a skill that has really got worse over time because they haven't practiced enough. This is your football life with Gary Buckenar on behalf of Tobin Brothers Funerals and the first Tobin Brothers branch open in North Melbourne and these days is home to their head office and chapel and it's been there for 80 years. Today, Tobin Brothers Funerals is still owned by the Tobin family and is a trusted household name with 22 locations and over 190 trained professionals. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Now, don't get worried, Bucky, because we're plugging... We're not going to give you a, uh, a prepaid funeral just to fix you up for today, <laughs> but uh, we're celebrating your life because I'm sick and tired of blokes dying and we don't know what they're all about. Uh, you sound in a good place. Uh, you're working with the kids. Uh, you speak beautifully. You're speaking with passion. I can feel it through the microphone at the moment. Uh, your, your position at the moment with, with the kids at the North Ballarat Roosters, do you really love being involved there? Yeah, look, I've just started, really, and obviously I've had 11 years um, doing the recruiting at Hawthorne um, and uh, just looking for was looking for something new. And, you know, I love watching the kids we watch play and then develop and go on to have good careers. That was very rewarding in itself. And, you know, I've taken on the general manager role at uh, North Ballarat Roosters. And yeah. On our list, we've got 27 of our 44 players are ex-Ballarat Rebels out of the TAC system. Goodness. So, you know, it's it's showing that the pathway hopefully is working and we can keep these um, young men um, playing the game, the ones that probably don't get drafted or rookied and, don't, and miss mm. out on that initial chance because they're, you know, that's their dream. They want to all play AFL and we yeah. all understand that. But we've just got to try and encourage them to play the best level uh, that we possibly can and give them a, a really good pathway to do that and opportunities to address areas that they need to address to become those better players that get drafted. So if I can play a role in that and helping some of these boys to do that, then um, that's really what I uh, would love to be able to do and see if we can um, keep these lads playing the great game of Australian rules footy. Some of the kids you played with and uh, played with and against in your junior days and you know in your teenagers... Uh, did some of those go on to be household names? Tell us about some of the players who you rub shoulders with who have made it good. Because you just highlighted the fact, Gary, there's just so many kids that, that are so broken-hearted because it's just so hard to make. It is, and and, and it's it's harder than ever, Rex, today, you know, in the, yeah. in the system we have. Um, there's probably more opportunities. <laughs> when you say that, there's 18 teams with 44 on a list, you know, that you can get a, a chance in, in Aussie footy as compared to, say, cricket, where there's, you know, I know there's more than 11, but in the end of the day, there's 11 that play for Australia and there's, you know, you've got your Sheffield Shield competition. So we do have great opportunities for kids and I, and I think we, we've built it up in terms of 
be-all and end-all to be drafted out of your 18th year. And uh, really, you know, we've just got to get the message out there. These kids, you know, there there are pathways like Matt Prittis, who missed out for four years in a row, yeah. uh, getting drafted. But he hung in there and he played the best level possible. And now he's a Brownlow medalist, you know. Amazing. He got his chance and he became a Brownlow medalist. So Sam Mitchell was another one. So oh. there are plenty of stories out there when we've just got to keep as many of these young men motivated to try and keep the dream alive and keep playing at the best level possible and there there are lots of stories like that and um, yeah I was lucky enough to play with quite a few of my junior footy thing back in WA that you know I end up playing with Subiaco yeah. uh, together and uh, and players that I played with in the waffle and we became great mates and then you know they got opportunities to play in the big VFL competition and mm. um, you know WA players over a long history have, have had a big influence in not only the national scene, but also back in the old VFL days no as doubt. well, because there was a lot of WA players that came over. A select few make a lasting impression that will be indelibly recorded in the history of this game forever, and such is the case with today's guest, Gary Bacanara. Uh, Real A's, please take your break and uh, commercial commitments and join us on the other side of this as we talk about the late and great Jim Steins running across the mark. And a real gallop up by our guest at a fantastic football club, Hawthorne, called Hawthorne. For Tobin Brothers, this is your football life, Gary Bacanara. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, Matthew, and did this guy give me some material to work with behind the microphone? Buckanara! It was just a great era, and it was a great time out at Waverley Park when I sat there broadcasting for 3DB in the preliminary final, but not so good for the late and great Jim Steins. Uh, he ran across the mark, 15 metres. Well, in today's uh, football, uh, Bucky, it, you would have been in the goal square, but my goodness gracious me, everywhere you go, people talk about it. And it's a positive for you and not so positive for for Jim Steins' memory. It's amazing, really. You know, look, it's, <laughs> it, seems to, it seems to have been one of those uh, things where when I meet people and, you know, they talk about that kick and oh, I remember where I was, I was sitting here, or I was doing this. So it's one of those events where people uh, remembered it because I think it was just so... It was a fairy tale for the Melbourne Footy Club. They'd sort of come and they were really um, pressing and they had a really good little era there. And, um, yeah, they uh, they had their hopes built up because they led all day that day. And, uh, you know, we kicked against the breeze for three quarters, mind yeah. you. But, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they led all day and then, you know, probably in the last quarter there was three or four opportunities. They had pretty easy goals that they just... They just wasted and, and they that's pressure. missed them. And that's the pressure of the game. We, yeah, and we just kept we just kept kicking a goal and kicking a goal and getting the margin closer and closer. And yeah, history says that I ended up with the ball in the in the final seconds and the siren went. So yeah. I had to kick the goal to put us into the grand final. And of course, in seven days' time, that euphoria went to sheer dissolution because Carlton yeah. went bang by five and a half goals. And such is the case. They were just a fantastic side that year. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we went from half a, a winter's day blowing a gale uh, on the preliminary final day to grand final day uh, the next week being 34 degrees. So uh, 
the day Tucky shocked all his teammates by wearing a short sleeve jumper. Oh for the first no! Time. The next thing he'd be shaving his beard off. And oh goodness <laughs> me! Okay, we need to straighten up a bit and get serious a minute. In '87, the end of '87, uh, the West Coast Eagles were given a license to play in the now AFL, and mm. you thought, what better time to go home and play? for the inaugural Western Australian side of the national competition. You're headed off to court and you're headed back to Hawthorne for more premierships. Can you just let our listeners in on from the inner sanctum of how that all happened, Gary Bacanara? Yeah, look, uh, yeah, you pretty much got it right. You know, um, back then, um, you know, West Australia's first side, it would have probably opened up a hell of a lot of opportunities for me, not only from a... a uh, position of football to be able to play in the AFL and uh, and live in WA where I came from and where my family was but um, you know down the track it could have opened up a lot of doors you know uh, in terms of business etc and opportunities for work etc so yeah that had a lot of attraction to do it and um, yeah we we sort of went tried to you know go all the way and went to court to try and get a, a release out of an option clause in a um, contract but that yeah. uh, failed and I was faced with either having to stand out of footy for um, the year, year or two, or the two years of that, or come back to Hawthorne. Um, and really, I, you know, sort of didn't really want to. I didn't have any grudges against Hawthorne. It was just more the opportunity that presented itself. So yeah. um, it was easier to come back uh, again, albeit that I felt pretty bad for the West Coast Eagles having made a commitment to them as well and and to my family and then moving over and then having to move back but um, as it turned out you know that was at the start of 87 and you know I kicked that goal so a lot of things were forgiven I I, I guess back then but uh, then I was able to play in you know back-to-back premierships 88 and 89 so quite amazing uh, uh, Gary Buckanara I just picked that up there also you know 88 89 you know no hang on a minute Jeansy got crook and Mm. uh, and Alan Joyce and Joycey came in and Mm. uh, it was if nothing had ever changed but look I don't want to take away from Alan Joyce at all but there's a lot of people think anyone could have coached Hawthorne and I just think what a stupid thing to say <laughs> look Joycey put his own little bits and pieces on it the side was you know a, a really good side 88 and 89 um, I guess you know we were really um, as a group determined to try and win back-to-back and we were really disappointed after the 87 and there's nothing more motivating than a loss in a grand final as history's often shown that players really put their heads down and work harder than ever and I guess we did that in 88 and obviously with Jeansy getting crook and Joycey stepping in you know you've you've still got to take your hat off to Joycey you know it was their big boots to fill and he did it well. He steered the ship very well in 88 and Jeansy took over in 89 uh, yeah. like nothing else had changed. And uh, Albeit Geelong gave us a massive scare on grand final day 89 Ooh. in in probably what was the best game that I played in. And um, yeah, yeah it, um, it we won back-to-back, so it was a great, great thrill. And our memories go flashing back, you know, to the number seven for Geelong coming out of yeah. the centre, Kingy at the Yablet and Chrissy Mew and Dippy at Amenico injured and... You know, uh, Yates cleaning up uh, the kid, you know, uh, Brereton and you playing Mm. well. Uh, What a tragedy, Paul Couch. Uh, A few weeks ago, lost his life exercising. There's just Mm. no rhyme nor reason, is there, Gary? 
No, it's not. It's uh, really sad and catchy. He was a, a really uh, great fella. Um, you know, uh, got to meet him quite a few times outside of the footy and, you know, during the footy times. And uh, he was such a, a likeable um, chap who, who loved life. And, yeah, yeah, so it's really sad. And, you know, he died in a similar way to our great, well, my great mate in David O'Halloran, who oh. was also riding his bike and, and uh, had an, the same thing another, happen to him. Another left footer, Bucky. Yeah, you know, he was, David was only 58, and oh. Couchy 51, far too young. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, it just makes you stand up and just say, don't sweat the small stuff, just get on with it. Mm. Uh, the end, did you know it was coming with a knee? Because they didn't have the they didn't have the facilities that they have now where blokes come back after a little prick coming out, you know, four weeks there, back on after a knee operation or something like that. Gary Buckenar, did you know you were in all sorts of trouble with that wonky knee? Yeah. Look, um, after the 89 grand final, it needed, you know, um, you know, the knee really swelled up after the 85. And I had a, a clean-up operation. And unfortunately, it got infected. And, um, you know, that sort of then disintegrated all the cartilage in it. And so it was bone on bone. And... I tried lots of things. I tried lots of injections to try and um, fix it up, but it just nothing worked for it. And um, you know, I hung in there for about four games of the 1994, five games of the 1990 season, but I just couldn't run without pain, and I couldn't play at the level that I knew I wanted to play at. And uh, you know, I, I I then just felt that you know. Um, yeah, uh, my time was up, and I remember that. Unfortunately, it was at the Wacker and uh, mm. against West Coast Eagles um, early in the season. I, I sort of yeah. came off. My family was there, and I said, I, I think I've just played my last game. I don't uh, think I can keep going. It happens to us all. Before mm. we let you go, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me, you know, that, that you didn't do that well at Sydney because from the outside looking in, you've got to have the cattle. But then you've mm. got to get the cattle to walk in the right side of the paddock. Yeah. Uh, did it did it damage you at all, or did you just say, "Hang on a minute, I've done my best. I didn't have the cattle. I tried, and and that's the most important thing." Oh yeah, look, uh, I I did try my best, but you know, in hindsight's a wonderful thing, Rex. In oh. life, if we all had I've can you give me a grand's worth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all learn. Um, but yeah, look, it did knocked me around a fair bit for a lot, fair while and yeah. uh, knocked my confidence around and, um, you know, your self-worth to yourself and all that sort of thing. But, again, you know, footy can be can be cruel, but there are also a lot of good people and a lot of good things about being involved in footy where, mm. where people are there to help you and pick you up. And, you know, good friends and family and footy people did that. And eventually I got back on the horse and got back yeah. involved and tried to to make a contribution to footy and eventually found my way back to Hawthorne. And, um, we all you know, spit the dummy getting sacked yeah. or being pulled off the ground oh, well, at half time you know, or something. You're only going to yeah. end up being sacked being a coach. Yeah, so, exactly. But, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, Sydney was a very hard environment mm. and it was tough for me. And someone like me in my first coaching job probably wasn't the job for me. But anyhow, that's hindsight. But you sound in a good place and you've given us your time and you're working with a good young group of players. Um, personally... Uh, what would you like to have time to do, you know, before you get too old? Uh, well, I guess outside of... I'd love to see more of Australia, Rex, yeah, and get yeah. around and uh, travel around Australia and and probably, um, you know, do some little bits and pieces of work and promote 
footy in a way all around Australia or, you know, have a passion about, you know, we've got so much talent up in the Indigenous area of the Northern Australia and, we, you know, I'd love to see a program where we could just harness some of that talent up there and bring them into good little programs and and uh, and see more of the Cyril Riolis and Ooh. the excitement machines running yes, around please. the place. So, um, you, you know, uh, I, I'd yeah. love to see that eventuate <laughs> down the track. As a broadcaster and a lover of football, a spectator, you gave me a lot of thrills and uh, it's just been a delight to reminisce with you today. And when the history of the game is written, Gary Bacchanari, you'll take your rightful place as one of the all-time stars and thanks for your time today. Thank you, Rex. This is your football life, is Gary Bacchanari for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives.